Matt Stubb, what do you want for your birthday? Football and lots of it. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I'm the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the step, Matt Step. Paging Dr. Boy, Dr. Birthday Boy. That's right. It's the birthday. It's the Matt Step birthday spectacular. Yes, and I would want nothing more than to spend it with you and the loyal <laughs> TexasFootball.com subscribers talking about high school football. I believe part of that. I believe yeah. that you would rather, like, you, w- you would like to spend your birthday talking about high school football. Or watching it. One or watching. I think some, some years it kind of falls, you know, on Thursday. For, I'll be watching games. Yeah, birthday, that's, that's so. the best way to do it. Oh, yeah. uh, well, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is your premium Texas high school football podcast, the Nerdcast here on uh, TexasFootball.com. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. That is the gift that you gave Matt Stepp. Yes. It tell is. your friends. The, the gift you can give us is to tell your friends. Uh, get your sweetheart at TexasFootball.com yes. subscription. Please do. Uh, this is your regional semifinal preview. We are now at the, I guess, the halfway point. After this week, we'll be halfway through the playoffs. It's, it's awesome and sad at the same there's time. There's only 176 know, UIL games left. I know. There's only eight. I was looking at this. I was like, there's only 80 UIL 11-man games this week. And that's yeah. it's starting to get to be real. The pickings start to get not thin because there's all they're all great games, but... It's just fewer. You just start seeing fewer and fewer games across scrolling across the timeline. Absolutely, but um, the great on. news is that the on. games are are getting bigger and better. Oh yeah. Um, you know the one thing we're gonna get to. We got a, we got a few things to get to. We're gonna get through. Uh, get to a quick area round recap. <laughs> um, it was something. We'll it have something. we'll have some thoughts. Um, and and we do have your Texas high school fun fact of the week. But but first and foremost, what I want to do is I want to welcome all the people who are just now checking into high school football. Because this is the week. This uh, It feels like once your local team makes it to the third round of the playoffs... The fringe fans. That's when... That, yeah, that's when the... Uh, the that's when your 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 buddy at work goes, "Hey, do you hear about the the team?" And yeah. you, of course, have been listening to this podcast, and so you're locked in. Yes. I had a, today at work, one of my coworkers, we went to lunch today uh, for my birthday, and he was talking about Red Oak because his cousin plays for Red Oak. And exactly. He's like, I'm gonna go to the game this week. Right. He's gonna. He hasn't been to a game all year, and he's going to the game this week. The so. casual fans checking in right now. Uh-huh. And so, if yeah. you're a casual fan who signed up to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, and you're listening to this podcast, welcome. This yes. is like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. This is really. Yeah. This is. This, this is, is gonna be. Yes. This is. This will be the uh, equivalent of me signing up for some real deep thinking political thing <laughs> in, in, in time for, right right before the election. You know, it's like uh, this is way above my head. So this yeah. is your regional semifinal preview. We'll get to that in some area round thoughts. But first, Matthew, we must start as we always do with your texas high school football fun fact of the week and your texas high school football fun fact of the week comes to us in the form and we don't love to do this but this comes to us in the form of individual statistics oh that's right matt step perhaps you've heard of jackson smith and the jigba yeah he, he's come across my timeline or time yeah. yeah of course the rock wall receiver uh he made history not only by helping to lead Rockwall to an upset win over Allen, but he also became the third player in 11-man UIL history to reach the 5,000 career receiving yards plateau. 
5,000 career receiving yards. It's a lot. Is ridiculous. He's the third. Matt Stepp, who are the other two? Uh, I know one is Jordan Shipley. Jordan Shipley is the all-time leading yeah. receiver, uh, 5,424 yards. By the way, in serious peril from Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I believe I would need to do some I can do some quick math right here. He entered the year with 3,253, and now he has, at, at the moment of this recording, 1781. So he's at 5034. So he's only 300 yards away. He, um, he's two games. He's more one big game or two games away. Yeah, and they could play another two, three games mm-hmm. depending on how things break. Yeah. So Jordan Shipley is the all-time leading receiver. Who is second? Uh, this is a name that you have definitely thought of, but you just haven't thought of in, in a, a minute, while. In a minute. Can you give me a what region of the state did he play in? Panhandle. Because what you got to do, you got to uh, be smart panhandle. about this. You got to connect it to a guy who threw for a lot of yards. Yeah, is it guy? Is that guy from Booker? It is. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, the quarterback was Hunter Lyle. Correct. Was it was it was it Reagan? Jared Reagan. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Reagan. I knew because his dad was the head coach for a little while. Yeah. Pulled that yeah, out of your butt. Shane Reagan, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Once you said panhandle and yeah. he said connect it to and I was like, okay, Booker. Yes. Uh, and I was I was I was drawing a blank. Once you said panhandle, I started to really kinda yeah. So he is hundred and sixty five yards away from tying Jared Reagan at fifty one ninety nine. And he's about three he's two hundred and ninety yards away from tying Jordan Shipley for the all time record. Basically one game versus Allen. Basically one game versus <laughs> Allen. So that is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Cough button. Okay. So Let's talk a little bit about the area round. There's always a round. It always happens where things go ape. And this is, it was the area round. It was this week. And, yeah. and it usually, it's either, it's, it's either round two or three. Those, that's usually where it happens. It's, it's either last week yeah. or this week. And the, sometimes it's both. Yeah. The, the, yeah, usually you don't see a lot in round four or five just because the, the matchups, the, the margins are so close. Yeah, at no. that point you're already into. You've already got great teams, and so this is. Um, but this was a crazy, crazy week. And what's I mentioned on the show today on TFT, we probably should have seen it coming, because you came in here and did Mailbag Friday, and you came in. You go, man, Thursday night, like. Super chalky. Yeah, I remember that. Real chalky. Uh-huh. It was. It was basically. I think because I do all the all, every game, and you do every eleven man game, and there were I think 17 11 man games, and there were twenty overall. Mm-hmm. I think I went twenty for twenty. Yeah, I was seventeen and zero. I looked, and, and that's not because we are these football geniuses. No, they, the, it was the, the favorites all won, and we didn't pick any upsets. Yeah, we didn't pick any upsets. And, and, and the breaks got cut. And then Friday. Yeah. When, when did you – do you remember at what point did you realize that the breaks had gotten cut? Yeah. I can remember the exact point, the exact moment. It was after Jackson Smith's second touchdown mm-hmm. against Allen. Like on two plays, he had like two touchdowns. And I looked and I saw Jesuit was up like 21-7 to 7 on mm-hmm. Beaumont-Westbrook. 
a straight Jesuit was up mm-hmm. 21-7 on Beaumont Westbrook, and Dallas Jesuit was up 14-0 on Longview. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy. It's going to be one of <laughs> those yeah. nights. And that's when I, that's when I, was, I was locked in. Yeah, point, the so. other one for me, when it, when it went from, because it was about that same moment, like it was a confluence of things of like a rock wall touchdown, a straight Jesuit score to really like pull away from mm-hmm. Westbrook. Like, oh, they're going to do it. Uh, and then the, and then Jesuit like scoring again, that all happened within about three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then what took it from like this is a crazy night to oh my god! And I feel like people are not talking enough about the fact that Bernie Champion beat Portland Calhoun. Yeah, second that second half they put together was unbelievable. That is uh, shocking to, to shut out that offense. Yes, in a half is is unheard of because Calhoun was humming. Mm-hmm. Calhoun was humming along, and we were thinking, boy, it's good. we're going to get Cal Allen and Calhoun, mm-hmm. and that's if Cal Allen gets by Tyvee, which, hey, you know, credit to them. That they was, took- that was not, uh, Cal Allen has not – they looked like Cal Allen last week. They, yeah. They struggled a little bit this year. Yeah, it was, it was a complete game. like Cal Allen. Um, but that was – like, it was the kind of game – it was the kind of week that made us forget about the games we already had circled. We already had Fort Penn Marshall and A&M Consolidated circled. Great game. Turned out to be a great game, yeah. Great game. Four pin Marshall pulls out a close win. Yeah. Right? They're, not, they, they're intercepting a pass in the end zone at the end of the game. There's that. The other one is, um, was Katie and Cypher. That Now, that was, part of that is, again, because of the style of that game. That game, you, con- you contrast that game with Rockwall and Allen. It's like mm-hmm. they're on different planets. Yeah, two different, complete, Katie, Katie and Cypher was a, a street fight. If it you are, a, if you are, if you are a fan of of football in the 1960s, yeah, you Katie would have Cypher. loved yeah. Ka- Katie Cypher. Yeah. Uh, but Katie pulls out a win, and but then there are all these other ones like flying underneath the radar that that I don't think got a ton of attention because of all the crazy craziness. Right. Uh, like like Alto going down. Yes, that was. Uh, how about Yo dominating Die Ball? Y- yo, bullying Die yeah. Ball. Uh-huh. Doing what Dieball has done to everybody else is they bullied him. Uh, what about uh, another one that caught my eye was Brownwood and Alvarado. The fact that Brownwood gets up thirty-five to seven, I think, mm-hmm. and then or thirty, yeah, thirty-five seven or thirty-four seven, and Alvarado storms back and takes a thirty-five thirty-four lead, and Brownwood has to kick a field goal to win the game with their head coach who had just had abdominal surgery on Monday, <laughs> coaching the game from the press box. Jeez. Um, Sammy Burnett was out at practice today, by the way. A week removed from, like, he's major crazy, surgery. He's a crazy person. Yes, he is. The other thing. Okay. Cisco. I'm sure his doctor's not pleased with him. I thought Cisco sent a statement. That was an impressive yes. win over Crane. That was a L- strong win over Like, Crane. we picked, I picked Cisco to win that game, but, like, the way that they did it was impressive. Holly's domination of New Deal mm-hmm. was impressive. We talked about that on, on, on the show Friday. How about, how about Belleville over Jasper? Yeah, dominate. Richard Reese had a huge game yes. for Belleville. Like, um, shocking. Uh... And we'll say it again, you done messed up letting Liberty Hill in the playoffs. You done you, messed you, up. You messed up. Letting Liberty Hill and Richmond Foster. The same yeah, two. Okay? Yeah. You messed up letting you should have you should have Liberty Hill them. goes and Laferia, we thought was a pretty good team from the valley. I don't think we anyone thought they were gonna win Region Four just because Region Four was so tough. And Liberty Hill goes and not only beats Laferia, but beats the brakes off of them sixty six to seven. Impressive stuff. Uh tough week for El Paso. They're eliminated. The whole city got eliminated in round two. Their, their season is officially done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment out there, I, th- I think they were underdogs in pretty much every game except for maybe uh, Canateo was probably a slight favorite over Randall, and they lost. And then 
Parkland was Park- the one. That's a shocker, I thought. And I think Parkland's starting to – they've got to do a better job of scheduling in non-district. Mm-hmm. Their non-district schedule leaves a lot to be desired, and they, they've – two years in a row now they've rolled up an impressive record in non-district, and then they get in the playoffs, and the first time they're challenged, they fold up. Yeah. The, Eric Franz has got to do better non-district scheduling. I think that – yeah, I they think – They have to get tested a little bit more. I think you're right. Uh, Grant Freeman slid into my DMs and said, um, "said Hey, sorry to ruin your Region One pick." And I was sure, like, he was super buddy, sorry, yeah. buddy. Respect Petty. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, by the way, yeah, that's pick- Wichita Falls and Wichita Falls Rider. Uh, Friday afternoon. Yeah. You have two of those kind. Of, yeah, we have Wichita Falls, Wichita Falls Rider, which will probably sell at Memorial Stadium, mm-hmm. and then you got Corpus Christi Vets and Corpus Christi Miller, which in 24 hours sold out an 18,000 seat stadium. Yes, uh, they're expecting a crowd of 20,000. For yes. that game in the Corpus Christi, it's gonna that that's gonna be a nut house. Yes, it's Friday. going to be. I think it play Friday afternoon. Crazy, as well. yeah, um, yeah. It was a wild, wild night. It was as, it was as crazy. It was as crazy as we've seen, like on a Friday. And then, by the way, you go on a Saturday, and we kick off the day with oh, Cedar Hill and yeah, Geyer. That's that. That's one of the most stunning. I I tweeted out. You know, Cedar Hill's up forty-one to fourteen, and I tweet out. Man, Cedar Hill is out here sending a statement. Yeah. And literally 20 minutes later, it's like Cedar Hill's fighting for their lives and, and, and slip, it's slipping away from them. I mean, I want to get – here's uh, – I want to give a lot of credit to Geyer, right? Because, look – They deserve they, it. They executed. They came through. They had a lot of time. They had to do about 17 different things absolutely perfectly in a row against a good team, and they did it. Yeah. I mean, Cedar Hill gave that one away. Yeah, I, and, and I mean, there's no other way around. I hate, I hate talking yeah. like that, but that's the only thing that came, comes down to it. That is Baylor and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I know it's a good team on the other side, but you're up. But you're a good, huge, team. and you're a good team. Yeah. You got to close that out. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of tough questions asked in Cedar Hill this offseason. Yeah, uh, let's, I'll just leave it at that. And then, by the way, we mentioned it: the Rockwall Allen game on yeah, a Friday night. I was there. I was. I had to. Pl- the just, I think I'm pretty good at live tweeting those kind of games. People, mm-hmm. I think, and I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I'm, I'm for some reason, I, I get really into these kind of games, and my live tweeting just kind of like goes viral a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. So I was, I had a blast that that game. Jackson, seeing a talent like Jackson Smith Najigba is, is is special. It's it's you, you know you're watching it when you see it. And I, I think I, I said something that he'll, I think he'll be playing on Sundays. Oh. My he's, gosh, he's unbelievable. He the the ball skills that he has. Yeah. And by the way, I think uh, Ish put it in our Slack chat about how Raylan Sharp is going to have one of the most for like the most forgotten yeah five hundred and fifty yard game of all time. He was uh, him and Darian Sherfield, the wide receiver for Allen, had great games, and just they're going to get overlooked because Rockwall. Now, granted, it took Rockwall's offense. It took a Everything they had to to beat to slay Allen. Yes, it's just, you have to work so hard to be. So so looking ahead, and I, we may talk about their game against Klein Oak. Looking ahead to their game against Klein Oak, um, it'll be interesting to see what they have left in the tank. Yeah, because you know that that was an emotional win. For right. Them. It's now how quickly how can, do you bounce back? Can they bounce back? Mm-hmm. So uh, it is a wonder. It was just a uh, just a stinking fun weekend. It was just a stinking fun. Uh, Weekend. I think that's weird. I, I really, really like football. If you, <laughs> I like football. If guys. you are 
still on the fence about high school football after watching that. Like, there's nothing we can do. W- like, sorry, but please. if you're on the fence about high school football, you're probably not listening to this right. podcast. Right, uh, but you're probably yeah. a nerd like us. Exactly. So we love you for it. Anyway, that is your a little bit of an area round. Uh, recap as best we could. It's now time for our draft. The draft, uh, if this is your first podcast with us, welcome. Um, the way it works is Step and I go back and forth selecting games that we are most interested in. Once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, and then normally we do a hipster game of the week, but there are now only 88 games this week, and so there are no hipster games. Every game is firmly on our radar. Um, if you want a hipster game, uh, Noasis Canyon and Jonesboro is a hipster game. There you go. Okay, there, you Noasis, go. there you go. There, there's your hipster game of the week. But... Normally we'd do a coin flip, but Matt, I got you a gift for your birthday. Oh, oh, thank Matt, you. Oh, thank Matt you. Step. I was wondering why we needed the coin flip. I was like, what's going Matt on? Matt Step, you get pick one one of right. of the draft thank on your you. birthday, uh, and so what is? And this is I got to tell you, it's a good week. I'm actually okay giving it to you because th- I this is a, it's, it's a it's a Sophie's choice. It's an impossible it's choice here because yeah. there's so many unbelievable games. This week. So I'm gonna go a little bit. Not off the board, but a little bit one you wouldn't think of. Okay. Seven o'clock Friday night at Abilene Christian University. Oh, you little yes. scamp! Twelve and zero Midland Greenwood. How about it? Takes on twelve and zero Lubbock Estacado in a game that we've kind of had circled out in West Texas in four A Division two all year. We've kind of realized these two have been the best teams out west in four A D two. And they're going to go at it Friday night in a fascinating matchup uh, between two teams in, in bigger towns in West Texas that have good followings in a beautiful stadium and two teams that I, I think get things done a little differently. you got Midland Greenwood with that offense, Weston Wilbur, Trey Cross. Uh, got, they've got a flamethrower offense. Going up against an Estacado team that I think – is a little more balanced, but I, I think their identity is centered on their physical and really fast defense. Agreed. That matchup's going to be really fun to watch on Friday night. Um, I'm interested to see how how Greenwood adjusts to the speed of Estacado because Estacado's got a ton of speed, a ton of athleticism, something that you don't normally see out in West Texas. Those teams usually don't see that kind of athlete until the semifinal round. Mm-hmm. Well, Estacado brings that to the table now. Greenwood hasn't seen that, so it's going to be interesting to see because you can't really if you're if you're playing a really fast team, you can't simulate that in practice because mm-hmm. either you have it or you don't. I think Trey Cross and Weston Wilbur are, are going to move, they're going to move the ball. I think what Greenwood's going to move the ball. They're they're going to make plays, but I'm a little worried about Greenwood. They they were sloppy last week in their 30s. They they, they beat Aubrey 36 to 16. They were considerable favorites. Yeah, and they they had a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers. And that game was a lot closer than it should have been uh, for a while. I was in, more impressed with Estacado in that forty to twenty-one win over Graham, mm-hmm. and here's why: Graham said, "Jeremiah Dobbins, Estacado's star running back, you're not going to beat us. We are going to stack the box, and we're going to dare you to throw the football and beat us. And if you throw the fo- football and beat us, then tip of the cap to you. You deserve to win." Well, guess what? Jalen Dobbins, the quarterback at Estacado, did. He had the best game of his life. He threw for 358 yards and five touchdowns. Four went to TJ Steele uh, as Estacado beats Graham 40-21, to I think in a, in a really impressive fashion. Um, that win and that, that ability by Estacado to throw the football, if you're Greenwood's defense, I, I don't know what you do yeah. because if you stack the box, then Jalen Dobbins and that, passing, that big play passing game from Estacado, they're going to push the ball vertically down the field. 
they have two receivers that, that can go. T.J. Steele and um, I can't think of the other guy's name now, uh, but they have two receivers yeah. that can make plays. And then if you say, okay, we're going to take, we're, we're take our safeties and we're going to back off and we're going to roll our safeties, well, now you've taken guys out of the box and now Jeremiah Dobbins runs for 200-something yards. Yeah. I like Estacado in this game. I think they've got the defense, and I think their offense presents too many challenges for Greenwood in this game. Two small things. One, I think this is a low-scoring game. Okay. I think if you think this is a – I think, I think the, we're going to – I think this is one of those games that because the offenses do have the star power, I think we forget that both defenses have been really good this year. Yes. Greenwood's defense has been very good. Secondly, this is a really interesting data point in the ongoing conversation of how does dominance translate? Because there are a couple, they have a couple of common opponents, right? They both played Hereford. Uh, Estacado beat Hereford by seven. Mm-hmm. Greenwood beat Hereford by 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was at Hereford. Both of them were at Hereford. Yes. So you take, take the home field advantage. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, and now, let's see, there was one more that they had a common opponent. Perryton. Perryton. Uh, that was a district opponent for Estacado. They beat them fourteen to nothing. Okay, in the snow, that, that, that was Asterix, in the snow. That was in the snowstorm game. That was a snow. That was a that snowstorm, was a snowstorm game. game. Yeah. Greenwood opened up the playoffs with them and beat them forty nine to seven. Yeah. Okay. Greenwood has been. If you care about that thing and you think that that is going to be a, a telling sign, Greenwood has been more dominant. Absolutely. Now, I also think that Estacado's played a tougher schedule. Okay. I think that, and you can look at the records right now. Greenwood's opponents are combined 52 and 81. Yeah. Now, they have been excellent. The thing I'm really interested in is I think there's a great coaching matchup here. Okay, you got Joe Cluley there at Estacado, and you got Rusty Purser there at Greenwood. These are two guys that I think are going to. These are two guys who. Purser's in his first year, and Cluley's just in his second yeah. year as a head coach. Two, two guys who are young two, head coaches. Two well, younger well, head coaches. Purser's, Purser's not young. Yeah. He was at Taylor and he was at Borger, but young and as far as at Greenwood. Exactly. This is. These are guys who spent the weekend watching film. And they're going to be extremely well scouted on these guys, uh, on, on each other. I think this is a fascinating game, and I'm glad you took it. Because if you weren't going to take it, I was going to take it. I was definitely looking, you know, and if this game was part of like a double or triple header, I probably wouldn't You'd be in Abilene. Yeah, but it's the only game at mm-hmm. uh, Abilene, so I'm not going to go to it, but I'm going to be keeping a close eye on it. Yes, night. this is a big time matchup. Yeah. And, I mean. Fox and anybody out to that game you know of? I can check. Hold on. Do, 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 do. I got an email from my producer. Fox is sending someone out to Abilene. Got an email from my producer. Let's Greenland see. Estacado here. Uh, yeah. yeah. Katie Engelson will be there. All right. So how about that? That'll be a fun game. Tell Katie to eat at Stillwater Barbecue in Abilene. Okay. I'll let her know. It's a little pro tip. She is. She might. She is a. She is a very. Uh, she 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 looks like she cares about her fitness. Like she's somebody who she who does. is tweeting things about about or like Instagramming things about her working out, and I'm like, yeah, maybe Stillwater Barbecue might not be for you. Anyway, that's okay. That's fine. My pick. Brisket's healthy, right? Brisket's very healthy. Brisket's look, a brisket. Look at me, I'm the I'm the I'm the picture of fitness. Brisket brisket is lean protein. Yeah. All right. I get there I think there are people who are listening to this podcast and say, Go ahead. Pick the big game. <laughs> pick the big game. Pick the game we're all gonna talk about. Okay, fine. I'll pick the game we're all gonna talk about. I mean, you put a gun to your head, right? Ah, okay. fine. All right. Okay. Because I know you're all talking about what's going on 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Converse's Rutledge Stadium. <laughs> 2A, Division One. Uh, like, is this not what you guys thought I was going to take? This is, I, I, I swear, this is the game. This is the biggest game in the state. This is the biggest game in the state. Mm-hmm. 
I'll go out on a limb. It's one versus two. This is one versus two. This is the winner of this. The winner of this game is winning the state championship. Okay. I'm willing to say that on November 25th. Putting on wax. There you I'm go. I'm putting on wax. I think the winner of this game is winning the state championship. We're talking about Shiner and Refurio. A matchup of undefeateds. A game we have been waiting for basically week since like We've week... It, yeah. yeah. Since like week one or two. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack here. Last week, we talked about this on um, Mailback Friday on TFT. That I think this whole game, whole game comes down to one thing. And it is Refurio's front. Mm-hmm. It's Refurio's front. Can Refurio slow down the Shiner running game? Because the thing about Shiner is they are so good at running the ball. Donye Taylor and Doug Brooks, and they have a bunch of different guys they hand the ball off to, and that offensive line pushes and grinds you into dust, and they're so stinking good at it that they don't need a plan B. Okay. No. They haven't. They've been so dominant doing it. I mean, Donnie Taylor's a Division One running back. I mean, yes. he's, he's, I think he's a UTSA commit. That sounds right. And then you got Doug Brooks, who's a 260-pound sophomore, <laughs> who is getting D1 looks as a defensive tackle. Right. I mean, that, that alone at the 2A level is, is a lot to handle. This all comes down to whether or not they can slow down. Because here's the thing. If they can't slow down Shiner, the game is over. Okay? It's over before it starts. Yeah. Because I don't care how good the—we'll get to the other things, but that is that is priority one for Jason Herring. And they struggled last week they against did. Thorndale in the first half. Because I think Shiner's defense—Refurio's th- going to score points, but I, I, I'm I more confident that Shiner—if Refurio can't stop Shiner, Shiner will score every time he touches the ball. Correct. And I, I don't think Refurio is going to be able to score every time he touches the ball against Shiner. Now, the one thing I will say is— there is a fair argument to be said that Shiner has not played a spread offense quite as dynamic as they're going to see in this one. Correct. All those Shiner, Shiner's got some nice wins on the resume. Yes, actually. I mean, you two, were talking about this. Two really good wins early in the year. Now, Shiner has not been, been tested in about 10 weeks. Correct. That, that, that week one, they beat, I believe, Hallettsville, mm-hmm. who is still playing in mm-hmm. the 3A Division Being one. By 35. Playoffs. On the road. Yeah. They beat Hallisville by 35, who is 10-2 and two and still alive in 3A Division One. Then Not Division two, Division one. Division one. And then they beat uh, Vanderbilt Industrial by 24, who mm-hmm. is an 11-1 and one team in 3A Division one that's still alive. I mean, that's th- pretty that, – that, those two wins have aged – we didn't think really think about those wins early in the year. Those two wins have been aged incredibly Stephen well. Stephen Cherney left Daniel Bodecker uh, a wonderful turd on his desk when he left. Yeah. Which was the non-district schedule of Hallettsville, Vanderbilt Industrial, Burton, Tidehaven, Goliad, Lexington. Okay? And they ran the table on them and dominated yes. all of them. Lexington's still alive in the 3A Division Two yes. playoffs. Now, this is a different Lexington team. Yes. They got a couple of kids back, I think, eligible mm-hmm. that have changed the game for them. But still. Still a great okay? They Blew Lexington's doors yes. off, and then they, uh, I believe, Tidehaven was a lot. They lost last week. Still, that's yeah. a three A division exactly. two area finalist. Yes, nice so, wins for Shiner. So, but they have not. That's the other thing is that I don't think they played a spread offense quite like as dynamic as they're going to see with Austin Ochoa, uh, with with Jordan Kelly, with Isidro Mascoro, who's kind of a do everything type guy. Um, Refugio's got a lot of weapons. They got a lot of weapons. This is a this is a this is a Willis three, kid at receiver. Yeah. Gads, they they've got they got. Five if or you six were to say that this guys. is a four A Division two offense, like yeah, I'd buy it. Like mm-hmm. it's that talented. One interesting wrinkle in this is when's the last time Shiner played a meaningful second half? Right, 
week week one week, week two week two probably against Vanderbilt's Industrial. That's probably the last time they probably played their okay. starters throughout through the whole second half. Refurio had to play four quarters against Mart. Refurio had to play three ish quarters against Thorndale last week. I don't know. I, I think they may. Have, I think their starters may have went the distance last week because they that game yeah. was it was forty one twenty in the yeah. four. I mean. They not, scored that last touchdown less than – I mean, they probably played their start. If they didn't play the full fourth quarter, they may have set out like the last half of the fourth quarter. They almost went the distance. This is just and, – and again, I can't overstate it. Is that like – now, Holland and Mason is interesting, but I feel like this is, the, this is number one, number two for a reason, right, in 2A Division one, And I think, I think they will be favored over San Augustine, who's coming out of Region 3, or whoever comes out of Region 3, which looks like San Augustine. And then they'll be favored over whoever comes out of there, be it San Saba or somebody from D1, like Post or something like that. Yeah, I, I think the Region 4 winner is going to be the, f- the favorite in in the, any yeah. matchup against any other region. Correct. They will final be, is in finals. This will be the, they, they will be the favorite the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Huge implications. If you want to tell me this is the state championship game, I would believe it. Shiner and Refurio at Relish Stadium in Converse. It's going to be great. Um, full house will be in attendance. That'll full, be a packed house. It'll be stinking good. And I'm thinking about maybe sneaking away from the Alamo Dome. And you should do it. You should do it. You should. Do it. What's the late game at the Alamo Dome? Friday night. Yeah. J- Judson and Laredo United. This game will be much more interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it will be. So I'm taking Shannon and Fear. What's your second pick, Matthew? I guess I'll take the obvious one still <laughs> on the board. Yeah. Uh, Boy, you you got to twist my arm here, but I'm going to go ahead. Second round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, Katie and North Shore, the rematch. Friday at 4 o'clock at NRG Stadium, the middle game of a triple header at Houston's. Uh, Come early, stay late, largest, and enjoy this venue. one. Yeah. Um, this is the fourth time these two teams have played in the last two years, and the sixth meeting in the past. They, these, this is the fourth straight year they've played in the playoffs. Is that right? Yes. They oh, wow. I guess four years that. in a row. In the playoffs, uh, North Shore's got a two-one lead in the playoffs in mm-hmm. this series, um, but Katie won the last game, the week one. They went to North Shore and earned a really impressive win over over the Mustangs, and it, it was a big second half from Katie with, that was the difference. And they what they did is they they went against a young North Shore defense, and they said we've got this running back Ron Hoff that you guys haven't seen, and we are going to beat the heck out of you, mm-hmm. and that's what they did in the second half. Things are a little different now. Ron Hoff did not play last week. He had an ankle injury in round one of the playoffs. He suited out last week but did not have a single carry. Um, we don't know the status of him. I think he's going to try to go this week, but we're talking about a running back and an ankle. Yeah. So I don't know how effective he's So we're talking – I mean, we're talking realistically like 80%. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Katie's going to have to rely on um, – Bronson McClellan in the passing game. Bronson McClellan, Jordan Patrick, they had to do that last week. They they got a timely interception return for a touchdown, but they had to grind to beat uh, Cy Fair 27-14. Yeah. I think their leading rusher had 92 yards on the ground on like mm-hmm. 24 carries. Now, Cy Fair, to be fair, is a great defense. Is a great defense. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a wonderful Cy Fair team and probably criminal they're losing in the area. But let me talk about other good defenses. <laughs> yeah, and North Shore, that young defense that was that Katie saw in week one has grown up. Mm-hmm. They're playing a lot better. Corey Flagg is just an animal linebacker. The, the Miami commit is unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big question for North Shore is going to be the receiving core. Shadrick Banks is out for the year, it looks like. He didn't play in the first game. He came back uh, week five or six and looked good. 
uh, got hurt against Dobie in round one and did not play last week, and all indications are he's done for the year. Yeah, That's a big loss for North Shore because they've got other guys, but they're all kind of short, little fast guys. Mm-hmm. Where Banks was, you know, six foot three, two hundred pounds, a true one. He could yeah. go up and get the ball. Yeah, he was a true X receiver. Yeah, the, these guys they have at North Shore are good receivers, but they uh, they're more like slot type guys. Mm-hmm. So what they've decided to do is is Zach Evans. Zach Evans hasn't had more than six carries in a game this year. I think since week one. He had, yeah, he had nine against Katie. Yeah, he had nine against Katie, and actually, he hasn't had double digit carries at all. Well. They unleashed Zach Evans last week against Pearland Dawson, and all he did was rush for 354 yards. Yeah. Um, by the way, John Gentry, the Arkansas commit, was out as well. He's he's 50-50 this week um, for North Shore. Um, but they didn't need him last week because Demetrius Davis and Zach Evans just ran the show. So um, I think the big question here is which team that's beat up rises to the occasion in, in, in this setting. I kind of like North Shore in this one. I, KD was my pick to, to – before the playoffs started, but losing Hoff, I think, is really changes the dynamic for Katie. A hel- if they have a healthy Ronald Hoff at running back re- returning, I think I think Katie m- may win this game. But I just don't think even if he does return, he's going to be at a hundred percent. I mean, you're talking like you're talking about a running back and an ankle, and that's that's dicey. I'll take my chances with North Shore. I think Zach Evans has a, has a monster game on the big stage. They look Gary Joseph and John K are smart guys. What they knew, even on national TV, even on Thursday night, with everyone watching in week one, that there's probably a very good chance that they're going to see each other again. And you better believe that those were two of the more vanilla schemes in week one that you will ever see. They are showing nothing that first week because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, I mean, we we made a big deal out of it, but in the grand scheme of things, the grand scheme of thing, it's it's nothing. It's not a okay? game, right? Now they're going to empty the bag. Okay, you're going to see everything from Katie, everything, whatever they've got. If they've been holding back some plays for Bronson McClellan, you're going to see him. All right, and you're right, Zach Evans. They have been keeping the tread on those tires. They have been. They have been making sure that, with all due respect to their district opponents, they're not wasting his carries yeah, on district they opponents. Don't need to, they don't need you know just let him let him get his let him uh, warm the engine up a little bit and then get him out of there. He's going to carry the ball thirty times in this game, okay? And it's going to be up to the KD front to slow him down. The other th- it it's it's just it's very tough to beat a team twice. It's especially tough to beat a champion twice. Uh, this is deserving of the big stage and NRG. This is. I'm glad it's the middle game of the triple header. This is the showcase game in Houston. Um, I am really interested, and yeah, I, I just I think it's really hard to beat a good team twice. No doubt. And these two teams are. Aren't, there's not a lot of difference between these two teams when healthy. Speaking of, it's really good to beat a good team twice. Let's go to the middle game at the other indoor professional football stadium in Texas. 3:30 p.m. Friday at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. As the Highland Park Scots, the three-time defending champs, take on the Frisco Lone Star Rangers. This is a rematch, you may remember. Yes. And this was the game that put Lone Star on the map. This was the signature win. They went to Highlander Stadium and did what nobody has done, no Texas team has done since 2000. Right? Long time. Um, Which was beat Highland Park at Highlander Stadium. And now, again, 
I just cannot stress enough how long it's been since then, okay? It has been three months since then. It has been a long time, and these teams change, and these teams grow. If you go back to that Lone Star and Highland Park game, and you say, why did Lone Star beat Highland Park? How did they do it? To me, it came down to two things. They turned the ball over. Lone Star turned over North or Highland Park. And Chandler Morris is a really talented quarterback who has a lot of confidence in his arm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that confidence gets him in trouble, and he can be loose with the football. Mm-hmm. That he, he was loose with the football against, against Lone Star, and it bit him. The other one is Marvin Mims. And plain and simple, they did not have... Highland Park did not have an answer for the receiver for, for Lone Star. Yeah, correct. There's an interesting chess match going on here because, again, and at this point, every coach who's coaching in the playoffs is a really good coach. But these are two supremely talented coaches. Randy Allen needs no introduction. He's won a few games. He has won at least four games in his career. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's the understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah. um, and Jeff Rayburn and his staff do a tremendous job. I'm going to be honest. I don't know, and I, I, I'm sure that they would say the right things on the record. I don't think either of these coaches have game planned for the last two weeks. <laughs> uh, for by district. Now, I think Lone Star probably had to dial something up against College Station last week. Probably. Yeah. But I don't think Highland Park was paying a ton of attention to Magnolia. They played them on Thursday. That showed you they played them on Thursday. They played them on Thursday. Yeah. Okay. And Lone Star, I think, needed to go out there and show well against College Station, and they did. Marvin Mims had a great game. He's good. He's very good. These two have been eyeballing each other from across the room since the final gun at Highlander Stadium. Yeah, for sure. And now we'll find out. And the question is, the onus is on Highland Park to clean those two things up. Can they find a scheme to mitigate the damage that Marvin Mims does? And, more importantly, can they keep a hold of the football? If they turn the ball over three more times, they're done. They're done. This is a very good Lone Star defense. An excellent. Underrated. Jalen Ford, their linebacker, is unbelievable. And I know, like I said, it's hard to beat a team twice, right? A good team twice. And it is a almost impossible task to beat a Hall of Fame coach twice in a season. It's a, a monumental task. Can I tell you what the difference is? What do you think? I think it's Jake Bogdan. I think it's the running game very for Lone Star. He's a very underrated running back. I think they're going to be able to come out with a bit more of a diverse scheme. I know we are in different sides of this. Yeah, I know I, we are. I, yeah. I think I think I think there's something about Lone Star. I think I, there's something about. That. I think it's. Just, I, I, I like. I'm betting on Highland Park here. Now I will say Highland Park's going to have an issue with Mims. That's shocking. Yes. Lone Star, especially when they put Mims in the slot, they, Highland Park doesn't have any answers for him. No, when they line Mims up out wide, I think they can scheme. To, to mitigate Mims, but when, they, when but Mims is so good because he can line up in the slot, and he's a nightmare in the slot. And you're going to see him moved all yeah. – oh, you're going to see him he's, lined up in the backfield. You're going to see him lined up at tight end. You're going to see him moved everywhere to confuse and diagnose this scheme. And by the way, kind of like we were talking about with Rockwall, that Jackson Smith and Jigba is so good, but Braden Locke deserves some credit too. Garrett Rangel has been excellent. As, as, that sophomore quarterback's been tremendous, and he's gonna he's gonna get a ton of D one looks when by the time he's done, and he's 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 gonna be a, a big time quarterback. One last thing, and then we will, and then I'll move on. I promise. But what impact does um, Prince Dorba have in this game? 
I think he's he's got to have a big impact. If Prince Dorba can get in the backfield and make Garrett Rangel uncomfortable, if he can blow up the running game with Jake Bogdan, then Highland Park. That is how you you want to talk about how you mitigate Mervyn Mims. You get pressure on Garrett Rangel. That's what Allen started to do in the second half against Rockwall. Is mm-hmm. they got to lock a little bit and made him release the ball early. He couldn't push the ball downfield. So my second pick is Lone Star and Highland Park. All right, what's your third pick, Matthew? Friday, three o'clock in Denton at CH Collins Stadium. Oh, as eleven and one Abilene Cooper takes on twelve and zero Denton Ryan. And on Dude, paper, I've got people in my mentions who are 1,000% certain Cooper's winning this game. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. Denton Ryan has just gets off to such fast starts that it's 28 nothing before the first quarter ends and the game's over. Let me see if I can look up. Cooper, the key in this game is, and this is a really good Abilene Cooper. This is an 11-1 Abilene Cooper team. They had a little bit of a hiccup on the road against Amarillo in the final week of the season. I think that was an aberration in a lot of ways. Cooper's defense, they forced eight turnovers last week Yeah, against Azel. That's a good Azel offense. Cooper's defense turns you over. If they can turn Denton Ryan over and withstand their early storm, they've got a shot. I don't think Denton Ryan's played, had to play four quarters all year. Uh, Denton Ryan averages 45 points in the first half. It's, it's The games are over. 23 points in the first quarter, 22 in the second quarter. They're, they're over at the end of the yeah. first quarter. Like last week against Lubbock Coronado, which, by the way, did you see Seth Parr's quotes post-game? He, he had, had some hits and takes. He had some hot takes. I was, And I don't know if he was just caping for West Texas and maybe trying to give Abilene Cooper yeah, a little, a little bit of confidence. Love. I don't know. But he was, he was he, he, he said something about that there, there's players in their district that are just as good as Drew Sanders. And there's a lot of good players in their district. But yeah. I don't know if anybody's as good as Drew Sanders. Right. But, hey, it's – I think he was tr- trying to give Abilene Cooper you know, yeah. a little West Texas kiss there and trying to give them some confidence. The, the key in this game is, is, first off, withstand the early storm. Abilene Cooper with, with Noah Garcia is a great running back. They can move the football on Denton Ryan. They've got to be in this game at half. But at least yeah. the, you know, the end of the first quarter, keep it close. Make Geyer play 48 minutes. No, one, I mean, if you, I, I don't, I, are you looking at Geyer's schedule? Mm-hmm. Has anyone played them close all year? What's their closest game? This is gonna be this is gonna sound weird, but I promise you it's the truth. It's Keller Fossil Ridge. At Keller Fossil Ridge, they won twenty four nothing. Okay. So they probably had to play four quarters against mm-hmm. Fossil Ridge. That's it. And they, Caldwell cool. Heritage played them kinda tight, thirty five nine. Yeah, so th- make Geyer play yeah. four quarters and see what happens. Yeah. You know? And you, you know, if their defense can force a, Dylan Davis is unreal at, in the on defense and the rest of that secondary is really good. If you can force a couple turnovers, anything can happen. The road game thing doesn't really matter that much. I, Ryan doesn't have a huge home crowd. They don't have a big home field advantage. I think Abilene Cooper may end up having more fans there than Ryan does. Mm-hmm. So I think the key is is stay stay in yeah. this game after after you know make 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 Ryan play four quarters. They have played uh, the 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 biggest problem I see is like Noel Garcia. You mentioned is a great running back, but man, that front seven for Ryan yes, is that, so good. Aiden Thompson's going to have to throw the ball. Yes. And not and Ryan's defense forces turnovers as well. Yeah, not make mistakes and and, and give them a little balance because Denton Ryan, job one for Denton Ryan is to take Noah Garcia away. Absolutely, that is that is the thing. Um, and look, I mean, this is a. They do have two common opponents. If you're interested, Grapevine, uh, Grapevine and Coronado. 
Um, they do have two common opponents, and uh, this is not going to be a surprise. Uh, but Lino Lubbock Coronado, uh, Abilene Cooper beat him 52-24, to um, and then Ryan beat him 56-14. It's pretty similar. Yeah, pretty similar. And then the other one is Grapevine. Um, Cooper won that in a close one. Cooper won 42-14. Oh, no, it's Cooper beat Keller in a close Keller one. Keller in a close one, yeah, 21-20. Um, uh, but they beat him 42-14, um, and uh, 61-13 was the Ryan game. So there's not a lot of difference in the common opponents. That's no. interesting. No, I mean, they both they both were dominant. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is can – it's the Abilene-Cooper offensive front. If they can hold up, they got a shot. Yeah. But, man, there are people in my mentions who are just saying, y'all are sleeping on Cooper. Like, are they, do they have Abilene in their, t- in their of course location? They do. Okay. Of course well, they do. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you caping for them. This is, I mean, we're talking about... This is pro- the prove-it game, though. We're talking about, we just got done talking about Lone Star and Highland Park. If you want to say this is the uh, the fourth best team in the state in Denton Ryan, I think that's fair, right? Shadow Creek is obviously yeah. in that mix as well. This is, uh, I mean, here's your shot, Cooper. This is what you want, right? This is your shot. The computer has, has Denton Ryan by 16. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it is a, it is a road game, theoretically. Or not really. It's a road game for Cooper. Yeah, it's a road game for Cooper. True road game. So they're used to traveling. I don't, I don't, yeah, think, I don't, think, that, I don't think that'd be an issue either. Okay, that's a good pick. My third pick. Where do I want to go? Man, I got There's a lot of good good games still on the board. Nah. Let's all right. Let's own let's own something. Let's go to one o'clock. Friday at the home of the most patriotic pre-game oh. Oh show of yeah. all time. Yeah, Waco ISD Stadium. Yeah. We've talked about that on the show before. Yeah. As the 3A Division One defending champs, the Grandview Zebras, take on... Oh, you said it correctly. Take oh, on... My wife would appreciate you. It's not Zebras, it's Zebra. The Cameron Yo Yeoman. And we talked about it in the open, but it's worth mentioning again that what Cameron Yo did last week was ultra impressive. Yeah. Okay? Because... That is a game. If you had told me that the score was going to finish nineteen to seven, I would have said, "Yep, that's a uh, die boy, ball win." Die ball, man! They just grinded them into dust. Probably pressured, probably sacked Braden Brashear six times. But instead, Cameron Yo overcame some turnovers and ended up winning the game yeah. because they were able to play it to a draw up front. And if you want to talk about the kind of team that. Grandview is, for all we talk about Dane Yench and Tremaine Gallette and all those guys, they are fundamentally just a big team. They've got good physical size. Both sides of the ball. Now, I think the skill position guys for Grandview are better than Dieball, right? Or at least more dynamic than Dieball. Yeah, for sure. So, it's Dane Yench, it's Tremaine Gallette, it's the running game. Um, Elisha Cummings, is that right? He's still playing? Is it Golden? Elisha Golden. Golden. Yeah, Yeah. and they've got some... uh, uh, Austin Boyd, I think, yeah. receiver. They've got playmakers, yeah. okay, that don't, that die ball simply didn't have. Yeah. They're going to challenge his defense. Yeah, in the passing game. This is, uh, and Braden Brashear continues to impress. This is really tough to call. I picked Grandview to win the region, but man, that win last week is the kind of win that makes you rethink things. Like, that, that did I underestimate this Cameron Yo team because they are playing exceptionally good ball right now. My, my question about Yo going into this, into this game is how much did Die Ball take out of him last right. week? Right, Die Ball even even in a loss, I'm pretty sure probably inflicted some collateral damage. Oh, hundred percent. They're just so big and they're so physical. So I'm interested to see how Yo bounces back from that kind of game 
to play a team that's maybe not as physical as Die Ball, but still very physical. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think. Super, super dynamic. I mean, honestly, the weird thing is, if you're looking for a compa- a comparison um, for these two teams, or for for like that Yo has played, it's probably it's probably Rockdale, and they handled Rockdale. That's a common opponent, by the yeah. way, between these two. Um, I don't know, man. There's something about this that I'm starting to wonder if I if if I, and maybe this is a pick'em game. To me. This is a pick'em game, and the computer has it as Cameron Yo by eight. I don't buy that. Rich for my That's blood. a little rich, yeah. and I think I think that you got to give them the, the the champions advantage, right? I think that this game is very very close. Um, I would say I I, I think I took Yo, man. I think in my I'm trying to think of what I picked in my picks video. Um. The other thing is that if you want to talk about the kind of team that that is much similar to Yo that Granby's already played, it might be Whitney. Yeah. And by the way, Whitney team that beat them. They got Whitney's got their hands full this week with Troy. Yes, they do. So that three Division One Region Three is tremendous. I am really, really interested in this game, and I think we could lose a state champion. Really and truly, I think this game is fascinating. I'm going to take Yo and Grandview. What is your fourth pick? I'm going to go back to four A, where there's a lot of great games this week. Be Division One, Region One. Hmm. 12-0 Dumas taking on 12-0 Decatur. Battle of Unbeatens in a playoff rematch from last year. Remember, last year, fourth-seeded Decatur played first-seeded Dumas in the, in the bi-district round of the playoffs, and Decatur upset Dumas, went on to a regional title. Mm-hmm. I know the Demons haven't forgotten that, and they would like uh, a, ch- a shot at redemption. Well, now he- here's your chance. And this Decatur team, led by Roman Fuller at quarterback, the uh, Tulsa commit, uh, all they did last week against Clinton Mountain View, and, and, and let's be let's be honest, Clinton Mountain View was completely overmatched in that game. Yes, but Decatur scored sixty two points in the first half <laughs> of that win against Mountain View. Um, this is a Decatur team that's going to be well rested because those those starters didn't play the entire second half. Um, they got Roman Fuller out of there as quickly yeah, as possible. Yeah, but, but but before they got him out of there, I believe he threw six touchdown passes yes. in the first half. Oh, so, okay. Uh, Decatur got their work in last week, and now they're you know this 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 matchup is fascinating because you've got Decatur's offense against Dumas's defense, mm-hmm. and Dumas's defense has been the best in the Panhandle, maybe the best in West Texas all year. The Demons last week uh, beat Seminole twenty three to fifteen. Seminole's their last touchdown came off a block punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Dumas's defense only gave up a touchdown. Can the Dumas defense? Contained Decatur. That's the matchup here. Yeah, and I think if it comes down to a kicking game, I think Dumas has a big advantage. They have they've got a really good kicker in Ali Yart. Um, he he's got fifty yard range. He's and he's very accurate. But my my concern in this game is I think Dumas's defense will do a good job and slow Decatur down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Dumas' offense has been pretty. Yeah, pretty meh. It um, has been very plodding. It's it is the kind you know what it's like. Scored twenty one points. It is it is very similar to what the Patriots do. Okay, that if you watch that Patriots Cowboys game last bad, night, bad sorry buddy, that's all right. That Patriots offense is not spectacular, no. but the defense sets them up. The defense keeps them fresh, and the defense puts them in a position where they don't have to drive ninety yards. They can drive thirty and score. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Can they force turnovers and get a short field yeah. on Decatur? But Decatur has been really good at taking care of the football too. Yeah, I, I just think I just don't think Dumas has enough firepower. I think they're going to hold Decatur. I think they'll hold them around thirty points, which is a feat. I, I, but I just I think I think Decatur think wins score. like thirty to seventeen, thirty to twenty. 
I just don't think Dumas has enough firepower. So um, I like this game is Friday night, seven o'clock at Lowry Field in Lubbock. Um, two undefeated teams, really, really fun matchup. But I, I think I, I give the edge to Decatur. I, I just think their offense is going to ha- just eventually find a way. You mentioned um, so last week. You may remember that we had um, the debut of the Tep and Step upset alert. Okay. Right. Yeah. You have the upset alert sounder. <clears throat> Let's go. 7 o'clock Friday at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. And Alito? I'm sounding, so high tech. It's so high tech. I'm sounding the alarm. Alito and Red Oak. 7 o'clock Friday at AT&T Stadium. Part of the problem with this game is that Red Oak is not a name brand. Red Oak is a team that, oh, look, they're having a nice year. Every, literally, everyone else in that region, Frisco and Ennis, both, you know, Frisco, maybe not to the same extent, but Ennis certainly is a yeah. name brand. Red Oak? One of these things is not like the other. Well, Red Oak is very quietly very dangerous. Yes. They, Chris Ross in two years has turned that, turned that program into uh, a dangerous phenomenon down in South Northern Ellis County, Southern Dallas County. Their defense has been spectacular, which is not a surprise if you know what Chris Ross is about. And I do can coach. their offense has a lot of ways to beat you. The quarterback, Josh Irvin, has been great. Their running back, C.J. Palmer, has been excellent. As, a lot of speed. As much as we talk about Alito's firepower, this is a huge test for their defense. Red, Red Oak's going to match up. Yes. Red Oak has... We're talking DeSoto-like skill kids. They've got dudes. Yes. And... Loaded. And we won't name names, but this game is firmly on Alito's radar. Yes, there there is concern. There is concern that Red Oak is a bad matchup for the Bearcats. Now, the Bearcats are healthy yes. for like the first time all year, right? Jake Bishop is healthy. I think the best way you can say this is Red Oak has Alito's attention. Yes, they have their attention. Yes. Uh, Jace McClellan had like five touchdowns last week uh, in their in, in, a, in a walkover win they had. Um, but again, Roy City, Roy, Roy City. City yeah. But my thing is, and this is the this is the really interesting part. When is the last time Alito got challenged in a playoff game? Is it the loss to College game. Station? Did they get challenged? Frisco Reedy. Frisco Reedy kind of challenged but them last But I year. never felt like they were going to beat no, them. No, I, yeah. I, I, I would have never gone on them. I think last year it was kind of one of those games where it was like 21. I think it ended up being like 29, 28-13. Yeah. I think it was one of those games where Alito kind of constantly had a two-touchdown lead and just kind of kept him at arm's length. This is similar to the Abilene Cooper-Ryan game where the best thing Red Oak can do, hang around. Yeah. Hang around and make Alito nervous mm-hmm. because – they played one close game all year. Well, they played two close games all year. Lost to Geyer. Lost to Geyer, and they beat Midlothian. In overtime, yeah. They are better than Midlothian. Red Oak is better than Midlothian. Yes. And if they hang around, Red Oak's got a shot. Now, being clear, Alito's the favorite. Computer actually has Alito by 13. Mm-hmm. This game could get hairy. Keep an eye on this one. Tough matchup for Lido. It's a very tough matchup, and we can't say that very often, right? And we may not say it again for the rest of the year, if you know what I'm talking about. Because, I mean, you start looking ahead, I don't think anybody else, I think they'll be favored over over either um, Ennis or Frisco. They'd be favored over them. 
Whoever comes out of Region 1... They'll be a big favorite. They'll be a favorite, even if it's like a chalky pick like Lubbock Cooper. And then, I mean, you're probably talking about either Cal Allen, which is a schematic challenge, but not a talent mm-hmm. challenge, or a team like Manville or Fort Penn Marshall. We saw what they did to Fort Penn Marshall yes. last year. So, it wasn't pretty. No. Manville would be interesting. Be a little interested. bit more interesting. Yeah. But Alito would be... Alito, this is the last chance for Alito to not be, I would say, a prohibitive favorite. So... Keep an eye on this one. This is the nightcap at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. What is your fifth and final pick in a loaded regional semifinal round? Going to go 4 o'clock Friday to Wildcat Stadium in Demet, Texas. Demet, damn it. As Stinnett West Texas at 10-2 and two takes on the bold gold, the post-antelopes at 12-0. and 0. And you talk about contrasting styles. This is, this is it. West Texas is spread them out, high-flying, super fast. Let's get into a track Dude, meet. Dude, they put up numbers. Yes. Let's let's get into a track meet. Post, we're going to beat the crap out of you. Yeah. And we're going to run the ball, and we're going to smother you with our defense. Which style? Styles make fights. Mm-hmm. Which style kind of takes control in this game is going to be the key. In West Texas last week, 56-26 over Seymour. Jacob Hernandez... This is a pretty good day. Five receptions, 191 yards, and four touchdowns. Yeah, pretty okay. good day. At the so office. he had one catch that didn't end yes. in the end zone. Got uh, it. Avian Cruz. Who, remember, remember a couple weeks ago he had that viral video where he hurt, mm-hmm. hurdled a guy uh, gets panhandle. I think um, all he did last week was throw for 255 and five touchdowns and ran for 131 yards. Yeah, um, in, in there went over Seymour. Uh, but they're gonna have their, they're gonna have their hands full against Post. Post hasn't allowed a point in the playoffs yet this year. Oh, okay. His post defense is nasty. Um, twenty-eight nothing. That was a good Ozona team they beat last week. Twenty-eight to nothing. Um, what's impressed me about Post is yeah, Ashton Jefferson puts up big numbers running the football, but they but Tatum Thetford at receiver has given Post a a, a balance that they need. He had two, seventy-nine yards receiving and two touchdowns last week. Doesn't sound like a lot, but for Post to throw for two touchdown passes and near, over a hundred yards as a team for the game is uh, really big for them. Um, I think defense travels. I think what I don't think West Texas has seen a defense. The closest comparable they've probably had to post is maybe um, – They play Canadian and Wellington in yeah. non-district, and, and they the lost losses. to both of them. Yeah. Wellington is probably the closest comparable mm-hmm. to, to post I can see. So I think post defense is going to keep West Texas in check. Control the clock, and I, and I like the antelopes. Here's what scares me about West Texas, because I love them. You know I love teams that just cut the brakes and say, let's just outscore you, they right? Are, yeah. I love the rock walls. This, I do not trust West Texas's defense as far as I can throw them. That's the big problem, right? And that is, this strikes me as the kind of game where Post is going to have the ball for 36 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're mm-hmm. just going to grind it out. They're going to go on 16 play, 92-yard touchdown drives, and then all they got to do is stop is stop West Texas three times and they win. Yeah. That's kind of the problem here I see for West Texas. Can they turn over post, get some, you know, get some easy scores here? It's on the defense, right? And They've the def- got to get off the field on third down. Yes. Post uh, lives in third and three. Yes. And they get four and move the chain. Correct. This is a really interesting game. If if West Texas defense shows up, game on. But I don't I, I think that post their physical, the way they play, I think it wears teams down. And by the way, post has already now 
I think this is the case. Was the post Abernathy game the the shortened game? Yeah, they got into the third. They got midway through the third quarter. It's fourteen thirteen though. Yeah. Okay. Abernathy in West Texas. Comparable, I would say. Yeah. Dynamic playmakers, like as far as offense is concerned, and they beat them in a shortened game. We don't know how it would, but this is a team that wears you down, and unless West Texas can run away and be and, and get a, if they play from ahead, that's what they gotta do. They yeah. gotta play from ahead because mm-hmm. if they play from behind, they're just not gonna get the ball enough. That's the big question for me. Really interesting game, though. I am very interested in this one. Uh, the computer has it as a one point game. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, so, my final pick. Look, there's a lot of great games. Okay, there's a lot of great games that we could take. All right, here's let me let me give some shout outs to games we're not taking. Okay, okay, I'm not taking Foster and Shadow Creek in the rematch. I'm not. Um, I'm not taking any of the Valley Week games. Uh, I'm not giving my shout out to Amarillo Tescos and Flower Mount Marcus, two offenses that are off the charts right now. I mean, there's a lot of great games, guys. Klein Oak and Rockwall. I think Barack's in big trouble against Bushland this week. Brownwood and Argyle. Brownwood and Argyle. I'm not picking that. No. A lot of great games. Pottsboro Malakoff's a banger. Bonafide banger. Okay. Not picking that. Because we've got to be. I'm not picking Gunner and Rogers, which I'm super interested in. Charlie Roten. Springtown and A. Andrews. No. Charlie Roten playing his old team. That's a super interesting matchup. No, no, no. Freona and Abernathy and Canadian Cisco. Not picking Three those. Weeks. No, no, no. Instead, the most on brand game, the most Dave Campbell's Texas football game. There is in the, oh. in the state tonight, this week, noon Saturday, at the Alamo Dome in oh, San Antonio. Yes. Two of our favorite players in the state, plain and simple, go at one another. Two, and, and a great mascot matchup oh, too. It's the Needville Blue Jays and the Lampasas Badgers. Badger, 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 Badger. And I'm hyped. Okay, yes. for like this is a four A Division One matchup. Right? 4A Division One with two Mr. Texas football semifinalists yes. in it. Okay? You've got Ashton Stredick for Needville, who now they lost that that, that finale against uh, Sealy. Mm-hmm. And from what we understand, they were not super torn up about it. No. Let's put it that way. Uh, I think they were like, you know what? We've clinched everything we can. Why don't we just cruise a little bit? Um, so that kind of some guys. The only thing that does is throw off the numbers a little bit, yeah. Because the computer is like, "What the hell?" You know yeah. what I mean? The you guys factoring in a forty-two point loss. Yes, so. exactly. And instead, they lost forty-nine nothing. But Ashton Stradick has been unbelievable. One of the best players in the state. One of the best running backs in the state. I, I, he had an off game last week. He only, he only ran for four hundred yards. Only four hundred yards. Four hundred seven, I think, was the final tally. Going up against Lampasas and the great Ace Whitehead. What and a name for and a it's not just a great name. It's not just a great name. No, he's got game. He's got game. He's a 3,000-yard passer. I think he's got like 800 yards rushing. This guy is a stud, okay? This game comes down to stops, Yes, like plain and simple. Line, line passes. I, I talked to a coach uh, in the press box uh, at NRG Saturday, and he's got a buddy who coaches in that district with line passes. Mm-hmm. He told me that coach thought line passes is skill position players were the best in the state at the 4A level. Wow. Receivers, and they, they I think they won a bunch. They won several state – I think they won a couple, the state track meet last year mm-hmm. in 4A. And a lot of the, all those guys are back. So, or they got second to La Vega. But he thinks they had the best group of skill kids in Texas. 
in the 4A level. This is, I think this is, what's the other region 4 matchup? Let me look at that. Uh, El Campo, uh, El Campo and, and Liberty Hill. Hill. Well, you never know. I mean, those are those are great, ma- great semifinalists. Great, it's a great four, matchups. Great, yeah, a couple great matchups. But this game will come down to who can find stops. Plain and simple. Absolutely. Who finds stops? Because they're going to be fireworks. They're going to be big plays. It's going to be points. So last week we said Andrews and Pampo is going to be points. And we were right. We were right. Need the online passes. Going to be points. It's going to be pointsy. Who comes up with like two stops, two or three stops in the Alamo Dome? It's going to be fun. Get to this game. It's going to be loud. Yes, it's going to be loud. Get to this game. If you're in San Antonio and you don't have a vested interest in Needville and, and Lampasas, but you want to go see good, fun, small school football. This is the game for you. This is the game. The two elite teams. This is just a really fun game. And you know what? Actually, if it's a, if it's a Saturday, yeah, I bet it's on Texan Live. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to watch this game. Um, I'm going to watch it. So there you go. We'll talk oh, about that. Yeah, I know. Butthead. So those... Are that's the draft. Step took Greenwood Estacado, Katie North Shore, Abilene Cooper, Dent Ryan, Decatur and Dumas, and West Texas Post. I took Shiner Refurio, Lone Star Highland Park, Yo Grandview, Alito Red Oak, and Needville Lane Pass. Man, what a banging week! Yeah. God, such a good week. Oh my god! And it I know is. we say that every week, but uh, the, um, yes, uh, other games that we did not pick. Uh, I, I I really think Gunner and Rogers, Pottsboro Malakoff, Pottsboro Malakoff. It's such a good week, man. It's such a good week. Um, all right. Dangerfield Newton. Dangerfield Newton. Poth Ganado. It's it's a great uh, Wheeler Hamlin in a rematch from last year. Holland and Mason. Ho- I think we're gonna lose champ. I think Holland's gonna beat Mason. Yeah, I think I picked Holland. Yeah. I think Holland's gonna beat Mason. Um. So okay. So that's our draft. Let's now let Matt Step brag. Let sorry. the birthday boy brag. Yeah, sorry about all the cool places you're going. So no Thursday game this week. Sorry, I'm not going to the six man game, but. We'll we'll have our six man insider there. Yes, Lehman Saunders will be there, so I'll let him handle it. I'm going to drive down to San Antonio Thursday night uh, because I'm spending Friday and Saturday at the Alamo Dome. I'm parking at the Alamo Dome all day Friday. You're a Region Four guy. Yes, I'm Region Four step this week. Uh, Friday noon uh, is uh, Columbus and Vanderbilt Industrial. Fun. Sneaky yes. fun game. I'll, two teams that have really snuck up on everyone this year and, and have a chance. One of them has a chance to play for a regional final next week. Uh, the 4 o'clock game, a big matchup in San Antonio that everyone's been talking about. Uh, San Antonio Wagner at 11-1, and taking on 12-0 and San Antonio Harlan. And they got – they took a punch last week. Flower Bluff pushed, pushed Wagner a lot, and I think maybe exposed Wagner's secondary a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if Harlan can uh, continue that trend. Um, and and they, they got Cannon Williams, man. They do. They got some playmakers. They're, 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 not, they're 12-0 mm-hmm. for a reason. Um, and then the nightcap – Probably won't be a very competitive game, but it'll be my chance to see Converse Judson taking mm-hmm. on Laredo United. Um, we'll see if United can keep it competitive um, or if Judson, you know, I get a good look at Judson before their potential uh, showdown with Lake Travis. So you're not you're not going to run over to Rutledge? I don't think it, uh, if, if I have time, I'm, I'm going to put a credential request in mm-hmm. with Judson ISD, but I just don't think timing after the, the Wagner-Harlan game, unless the Wagner-Harlan game gets to be like a blowout and yeah. I can burn out of there early. You know, Rutledge Stadium is about 20, 25 miles north of downtown San Antonio. Traffic on I-35, yeah. even on a, holi- on a holiday, might be kind of rough. So, we'll see. Um, Saturday, I'll be back at the Alamo Dome. Uh, the Nooner, Needville and Land Passes. Yes. We just talked about it. I'll be there in the I'm house. so jealous. Because uh, uh, the thing is, last time this round you were down there, you went and saw another Dave Campbell's Texas uh-huh. football favorite. I saw David Gilpin, uh, Lander Gilpin, 
uh, win mission vets, win the Mr. Texas Football yes. Player of the Year award. We won our hearts over that day. Um, and then at four o'clock, uh, me and our West African Prince Ishmael Johnson will get to watch Bernie Champion take on the what I think is the Valley's best hope to get to yes. the fourth round in Mission Pioneer. If you haven't seen Eddie, Eddie Lee Marburger play quarterback for Mission Pioneer, he's he's Landry Gilpin esque. Mm-hmm. I won't say he's Landry Gilpin, but he, he's only a junior. He's back for another year, so mm. he could be the next from the Rio Grande Valley. And then the nightcap to cap it all off, get to see our buddy Phil Danaher and the Cal Allen Wildcats take on the Brenham Cubs. I fear the interview you're going to do with him. And I will <laughs> get to talk to Phil Danaher if they win. If they win. Brenham's Brenham's not lunch meat. Pre-game, Phil Danaher will try to convince me that Brenham's the best team in the state and that they're they're terrible and they, they have no business being there. I can't even believe we have 11 guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I do look forward to po- hopefully interviewing Coach Danaher post-game and then letting him uh, mispronounce your name, as of always. Of course, yes. But w- which vowel he uses instead Although of Although Elliot Allen might have something to say about yeah, that, too. So. Well, so he's used he's used O and and I yeah so it's gonna be we'll see he's Greg, got he's got Greg Tupper this time Greg Tupper something like that um, love you Coach Danner it'll be fun uh, he's not listening to this podcast you think uh, Coach Danner knows what a podcast is yes I think he does but I think he has no okay. use for it probably it's he's like why would I spend an hour and a half listening to Tupper? I've won nearly five hundred high school football games. correct I don't need to listen I don't to need this guy's nonsense. Yeah. Um, I am going to, so I'm obviously it's Thanksgiving week, so I'm on, I've got a bunch of family stuff, but Saturday, yeah, Saturday. So scoreboard by the football Friday and scoreboard now moves to Saturday. Yes. Um, and a big reason why I have it on in the press box in the Alamo dome. I didn't want to air this publicly on Twitter, but a big reason why is so Fox Sports Southwest has the rights to the Mavericks, the stars, the thunder, the Spurs and the Pelicans. And all five of them were playing the day after Thanksgiving. So we would have been doing the show for the app, for the Fox Sports Go app. Now, please download the Fox Sports Go app, but we kind of like to be on linear TV, maybe. So we're moving it to Saturday. Um, and uh, Football Friday, it's the season finale of Football Friday, it's our last week. And then we go into, but we will have scoreboard that night, high school scoreboard live, a two-time award, Emmy Award winning. But I think during the day... The two thirty kick at the star is a uh, Geyer in Arlington. Okay, and I could be talked into that. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna run over there and get okay. a little, get a little, get some eyes on Geyer. Okay. Um, you know, Arlington. Arlington's interesting, man. Because like the uh, contact for credentials, so I get it to you after the show. Okay, that's fine. Um, we can produce this on on the air. Um, but the I thought you might try to sneak over to AT and T. Is, is the noon? Is Martin and Duncanville just too early? <sighs> oh yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit too kick. early. What's the 3.30? Park and Lone Star. That's a Saturday? No, I'm doing Saturday. There's no game Saturday. That's right. No, yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah, they don't have, yeah, that's Saturday. Sorry, that's Friday. Friday I'm spoken. Sorry. Friday I'm not. spoken for, sadly. But I'm going to go to... Um, uh, yeah, Saturday. Uh, it's only it's only the star. I kind of looked it up. There's a game. Yeah, there's a game before that. Uh, Colleyville and Birdville play at 11. At the star? Yeah, they moved to 11 o'clock. Ooh. Yeah, Birdville and Colleyville play at 11. And I got to the very least catch the second half of that. Yeah, and then Guy and Arlington are at 2.30. Guy and Arlington. There's a private school game, I think, at like 6. Yeah. I asked Craig Way and Rick Renner if they wanted to come, and I think they both have hashtag better offers. But I don't think that's true. No, what was it? Craig, what did Craig say? <coughs> I'm going to pull up. I'm going to blow up his spot. Well, hello, Tepper. Oh, I'm going to go. Uh, he's calling a men's basketball game, Texas men's basketball game from 1 to 3.30, so I won't be able to come um, until late afternoon, early evening. So... Unfortunately, he's out. Okay, so, he's, so does he? Is it, where's the Texas basketball game? Is it in, in Austin? Austin? And he's gonna like fly up, buddy. To Dallas? Buddy, he will go to 
like the first half of high school football games on Friday and then get in his truck and gun it. Yeah. That's why if you ever need to like if you ever need to know the back roads on how to get from Austin to Dallas, it's Craigway at Craigway one on Twitter. So he'll go he'll go to the first half of a game in Austin. Yes. And then at eight o'clock leave and, yes. and gun it to Dallas to make, yes. make it for the 11. for eleven o'clock scoreboard. He's a crazy person. He's crazier than I am. He is. Like that's why like I I'd be a robot, but he's a crazy I've person. I've just surrounded people I've just surrounded myself with crazy people. Yeah. And, and it's you just, got Renner. Yeah. And Renner's that's, just that's just another story. Renner's just amazing. Um anyway. Love you, Rick. Yeah. Uh I think that's it. Um Oh. Okay. So you're a subscriber. So I can tell you this. We are finalizing plans. Okay? Finalizing plans. The Saturday of state championship games. Last day of the season. Last day of the season. Texas Live the morning before. So, like, we're thinking, like, 9 to 10.30 at Texas Live, which is the big entertainment complex right next to AT&T Stadium. We're going to have a subscriber get-together. We'll feed you breakfast. You can meet Matt Stepp. Um, no one wants to do that. You can you can, you can can meet Ishmael Johnson. That's what every, there you go. He loves surprise hugs. Loves surprise hugs. Um, we're going we're gonna to do that. We'll have, a, like, an RSVP link uh, coming up on the site, but wanted to alert you guys to that. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, do you have anything else to say? No. Uh, get out to some games this weekend. Happy Thanksgiving and uh, enjoy the wonder that is Texas high school. Football. Enjoy. It's the best. It's the best week of the year, guys. It's not just banging high school football games, but it's also Thanksgiving, which is the best day of the it's year. Your favorite holiday. It really, really is. So, thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. Of course, all your playoff coverage at TexasFootball.com/slash playoffs. Uh, step, happy birthday, and thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week. On 10 and 10.